0: Recently, I met a nice fellow who, a few years ago, moved to Chattanooga from Long Island, New York. Uh, During our conversation together, he shared with me something a native Chattanoogan had told him. This particular person told the New York uh, immigrant. He said that there are two kinds of Yankees here in the area. A Yankee is one who comes and then returns home. And then there's a D Yankee, and you can fill in the letters, and that's one who comes and stays. Now, a lot of folks from this area think that's rather funny, but, you know, if you're moving to the area, particularly from the north and you hear that, that creates kind of an environment that doesn't sound like that. That person is very welcome and wanted. It paints a picture that people outside the area when they come here are outsiders and strangers. Now, if you've ever traveled outside of the region of your world which you live or relocated to another place even sometimes across the county maybe in a community that's a little different than the one you move from maybe it's a little bit different racially or ethnically or socioeconomically. you may have felt as though you were a stranger and outsider and perhaps you've heard the words you ain't from around here are you In some places, a person can live in a particular community for decades and still be considered an outsider. It doesn't feel good, though, to be an outsider, to be a stranger, to be one from someplace else, to be an alien. Well, Paul here, as he writes to the Ephesians, he uses the imagery of a stranger and resident aliens to draw a contrast about what it is like not to be a part of the community of Christ. He says to his audience that once they were strangers and resident aliens, they were on the outside looking in, they lacked connection and relationship. Now, I have been a long-time Star Trek fan and I believe that I have watched every episode of every series of Star Trek. One of the races of people that's found in the Star Trek series is a group called the Klingons. Are any of y'all familiar with Klingons? And, and there's Worf. He's one that uh, is on a couple of different series there. Uh, they, uh, the Klingons come from uh, a, a warring culture. And this fictitious group of people, they... Uh, really base their lives around a system of, of, of honor and, and there's a lot of violence related to that. But there is a part of the Klingon culture in that uh, program that uh, is fascinating. They identify themselves as from a particular house or a particular family. They are either from the house of Doros or Mog or Goron And to not be a part of a house, to not be a part of a family, is to be lonely and demeaning. You know, being strangers and aliens in a place is something that few human beings want to experience. There's something within us that we have this longing to be a part of a community, to be a part of family. Since early January, we have been engaged in a sermon series on the family. And hopefully many of you have uh, heard some or maybe all of these messages and have put into practice some of the things that have been uh, talked about here from the pulpit. Now there are a couple of realities, though, that we didn't really adequately address. But, you know, there are some folks, even among our congregation, who, uh, who really have no biological family. Either their family was small and they've outlived their surviving family. There are some families that come from uh, families that are dysfunctional and, and separated from one another. Sometimes a, a member of the family is, is an outsider within that family. And they just feel like strangers in the family. Now, if you happen to come from one of those categories... I hope you'll lean forward this morning into this message because there's some really good news in what you're about to hear related to family. There's some good news that I think can make a difference. Now, on the other hand, if you're blessed to be a part of a a healthy, loving family, what you're about to hear can be a source of even great joy and blessing to you as well because I think there's something powerful for you to hear as well. Paul writes here in Ephesians that... In Christ, we have the opportunity to become a part of a household or family of God. To be a part of the household of God. It doesn't matter whether you come from a great family setting or whether you come from a very dysfunctional family or have no family at all. In Christ, we are offered the opportunity to have a place in the family of God. Now, some of you have been around long enough, and you've attended different kinds of churches, and probably even in this church, and you may remember the old Gaither song, Part of the Family of God. Any of y'all remember that, that song, Family of God? I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by His blood, join heirs with Jesus as we travel this sod. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. The rhyming and the rhythm is typical of the Gaithers, isn't it, uh, it Brett? But here they find that in family, the family of God, there is this connection. There is this connection. Later on in that song, in one of the verses, it says that I'm no longer an outcast. I'm a part of the family of God. You see, when a person accepts Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, God opens access to become a member of God's family. Through Jesus, a person is adopted into the family and given a status as son or daughter. He or she is given the opportunity to move from being an outsider to being fully integrated into the family. On one occasion, Jesus' disciples had gathered around him and they asked him a a great request. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. And so Jesus took time with them to give them a way to pray. And he said, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. And we often pray that prayer here in our prayers, don't we? We pray. We pray our Father who art in heaven. Jesus was telling his disciples then, and through our continual use of this prayer, that God identifies with us as father god identifies us as his sons and daughters and god is our father now before i go on any further i have to say that for some the title of father is a painful thing you see many of these who see father as a title as a painful thing maybe grew up with an absent father one who a father who abandoned his family a, a father who was violent or abusive, or ignored his family. And for many of those folks in those categories, images of an earthly father are so painful, so to call God Father can be painful. And that's understandable. And I believe that God understands it as well. But we have to understand, too, that God is the one who gives us what is the ideal parent and the ideal heavenly Father. Now, for a moment, imagine this. That the God who created this vast universe with all of its diversity and splendor desires to claim you, to claim you, to claim me as a daughter or a son. God wants you to be a part of the family. God wants you to to be a part of the family. For me, that's mind-boggling, that God who has everything under his power, who knows everything there is to know about me, both the good and the bad, my strengths and my weaknesses, my faults and my failures, and God still wants me to be a son who is a part of his family. God wants you God wants you to be a daughter or a son in His family. Now for us as children of God, calling God Father is more than a liturgical or religious matter. You see, God desires that we have an intimate relationship with Him. In one of the most powerful chapters in the Bible, Romans chapter 8, Paul speaks about this, and he talks about those who are led by the Holy Spirit. And he says that those who are led by the Holy Spirit are children, sons and daughters of God. And then he says that when we're led by the Spirit, the Spirit leads us internally to cry out to God, saying, Abba. That's a Hebrew word which best translated for us as our English dad or daddy. It's a term of endearment. It's a term of intimacy. Not only do we know God as Father, but we want to know God as Abba, our Daddy in heaven. Now, like many Tennesseans, I am a Peyton Manning fan. Uh, I I enjoy uh, uh, watching commercials with Peyton and his uh, younger brother Eli on Uh, On various commercials, some are quite hilarious, some are quite stupid, but uh, it's fun to watch them nonetheless. And probably most of you know that uh, Peyton and Eli have had distinguished football careers at a collegiate as well as a uh, 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 in the professional football ranks. But these two brothers have a third brother that virtually nobody knows now he has appeared on a few of the commercials his name is Cooper uh, he wasn't able to participate in high school football because of some uh, health issues that prevented him from doing so but uh, but but his status basically comes in the public eye because he is the brother of Peyton and Eli you know some people's identity comes by virtue of a sibling they have. Particularly when that sibling has accomplished much or maybe is famous. As followers of Jesus Christ, we enter into a relationship where Jesus is our brother. In one of the great hymns of the faith, which is sung to Beethoven's Ode to Joy, joyful, joyfully we adore thee, celebrates our sibling connection to jesus in the third verse of that hymn in our hymnal we find these words thou art giving and forgiving ever blessing ever blessed wellspring of the joy of living ocean depth of happy rest thou our father christ our brother all who live in love are thine teach us how to love each other lift us too the joy divine. The thought of God being Father, being our Father, and Jesus being our brother is overwhelming. The one who was God of very God, who became human in Jesus Christ, fulfilled all the messianic expectations, carried out God's plan completely and redeemed all of creation, this one, Jesus, the Christ, is our brother the author of Hebrews wrote about this amazing reality listen to what was written he says both the one who makes people holy thats a way of talking about Jesus both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy that are those who follow Jesus are of the same family Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters Jesus calls you brother or sister. Wow. Paul affirms that as brothers and sisters of Christ, we are co-heirs with Jesus. In other words, we share in the same blessings and benefits enjoyed by Jesus through what Jesus has done for us. We are elevated to being daughters and sons who share in Christ's inheritance. The spiritual connection to God is wonderful and amazing, but yet there is more. There is more. But I share with someone or some who are wanting to unite with the church, I oftentimes talk about the fact that membership is grounded in a biblical idea. And I talk about that that idea is really painted on two canvases in scriptures, and one of the scriptures, one of the canvases of scripture about membership is that members are a part of the family, are a part of the family. Joining the church is becoming a part of the family. Now there are many of you here gathered this morning who can testify to the depth and meaning of what it means to be a part of a church family. You've experienced it firsthand firsthand. Sometimes those bonds and relationships within the church family are as strong as those biological bonds that we have even in healthy families. The love is deep, and it's often inspiring. I've seen as members of this church and other churches I've served how they love one another deeply. I've seen how that the power of being part of a family and being loved by members of the congregation or congregation has trained, changed and transformed people's lives. As a pastor, I've watched many displays of family in the church connection. A couple of years ago, one of the members, faithful members of our church went through a long struggle with ALS. And I saw how members of her women's group and Sunday school class surrounded and walked with her on that journey during COVID which meant that everybody couldn't just be filling her house they did a parade out in the streets they sat with her they cooked her meals they gave her meals they kept her included it was an amazing display a family I've seen how people of this church who have gone through financial hardships be supported by other members of this church family. Some individuals just moved by the Spirit, maybe not knowing the depth of all that's going on, wrap their arms around those families and given to them. Such an amazing display of family. I've watched as members of this congregation and in small groups have held one another accountable, helping folks to walk through difficult times in their lives, pointing them to Jesus, pointing them to God's grace, pointing them to ways and means of deliverance. It's about being part of a family. Now, our church is rather large, and while we have a family together in our largeness, It's really in small groups where family happens best in this place. Uh, Last week, Chrissy shared with you a message, and in that message she talked about one of the things that's happening now in the family life ministry area is the formation of small groups. And she talked about Sunday morning groups, our Sunday school classes. She talked about other groups that met and life groups that are being formed. And I want you to know that something happens in small groups i've experienced it personally and it's family there's bonds that happen there that are strong and if you're not a part of a small group i encourage you find one get into one get involved get engaged because it will make a difference in your life you see one of the rich blessings we have is to be a part of a family where we will be loved and supported The author of Hebrews takes on this theme of being part of God's family when he wrote these words. He says, Christ is faithful as son over God's house. When you hear that word house, it's talking about family. Christ is faithful as the son over God's house. And we are his house. We are his family family if indeed we hold firmly to our confidence and hope in which we glory. Notice, the affirmation of God's family is with Jesus being Son. And notice our inclusion. We are His house. We are God's family. We are God's house. But there is responsibility. Taking up and maintaining residence in this family Is about holding firm to our confidence and faith in Jesus Christ. Now while the Klingons may not not be a great example to bring up in in a church service like this because of violence and war that's promoted in that fictional group, being part of a family that they advocate is important. So in that spirit, let me say this. I am Dwight of the family. God. How about you? Let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity that we have in Jesus Christ to become a part of your family. Thank you that you claim us as your sons and as your daughters. Christ Jesus, we thank you that you claim us as sisters and brothers. And Lord, help us now to claim one another as brothers and sisters. And let us enjoy the benefits and blessings of being a part of your family. And Lord, if there's one here today that doesn't know Jesus Christ, we pray that today that they would say yes to Jesus and they would become a part of this great, big, wonderful family. And we make our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.